0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Game Ball Podcast with your host, Matt Samantia. So I really want to apologize for my recent activity for the past, I guess you could say, week, week and a half. Um, I just had a lot going on, especially with the Senior Bowl, because I went to attend that, do some scouting reports, which we'll talk about in this upcoming episode. And like I said, for this episode, you know, we haven't been, there's a lot, there's been a lot of stuff going on for the past week, week and a half. You know, uh, like I mentioned, the Senior Bowl was going on. The unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant, Gianna, and the seven others in a horrible, again, let me let me address this horrible accident that 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 helicopter accident. You know, Eli Manning retired. Phil Rivers might be moving to a new team. Derek Jeter's in the Hall of Fame now. Uh, what else? There's a lot of other stuff uh, I was gonna talk about. And you oh, know, yeah, that's right. The Super Bowl's coming up. So uh, in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about Kobe Bryant and the legacy he's left behind and who he is. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the. Um, the senior bowl because i'm gonna do a little scattering port recap on that and something i really want to do is also obviously talk about the super bowl and so we're going to put out this episode now just so you guys could hear my take on who i think will win the super Bowl, and you know i'll talk a little bit about that but uh, as i mentioned you know the unfortunate passing rest in peace to kobe bryant rest in peace to gianna bryant and rest in peace to the seven others who lost their lives the pilot and some other passengers on the plane and so something I want to do, though, is just I want to, like, talk about Kobe and who he is and what, what he just stands for. And it, I just want to say shout-out to the NBA and everybody who was able to help honor his memory. You know, and, but again, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. That's a horrible thing to see happen. Um, but Kobe, Kobe was so much more than an athlete. He was a great player. But you know, as, as we know, he was a he was a great person off the off the court as well. He was more than just a basketball player. And the thing about the thing that I love about Kobe, I think the thing that separates him uh, separates separates him the most away from I guess you could say all a lot of other players in general is that he really brought out the emotions in you. Whether you liked him or not, you had respect for him. Like, look, I was never I was never a huge Kobe Bryant fan. You know, I was never like, oh, look at that, look what he's able to do. You know, I'm more of a LeBron type of guy. I love my guy, LeBron James. I just never really, you know, I guess you could say, liked Kobe. Um, but man, I respected the hell, the hell out of him. Like he was a, he's a great player. Um, and he, the thing about him is he does bring out your emotions, whether, whether you're a fan of him or not you know, you're still, you still have those emotions for him, you know, you still talk about Kobe Bryant, and that's all, you know, that's a mom mentality right there, and that's something great, I love how he's able to talk about, is having that Mamba mentality, you know, showing like, you know, who cares what others think, who cares about anything, just shut up and do your work, you know, and that was a great mindset for him to have, as we know, you know, he played for the Lakers all 20 years of his career, he got traded from the Hornets during the draft, which was, you know, good job Hornets, right, <laughs> But uh, now he, he you know, 18-time 18, 18 All-Star, so he played for 20 years, and he was an All-Star 18 of those 20 years. Uh, he, you know, won five championships with the Lakers, had that good old uh, Shaq-Kobe feud going on, but, you know, it's all good now, right? It, it, it was all good, you know. Um, and then, you know, he's able to have that 81-point game, crazy game, 60-point game for his final game of his career. He's been—he was able to do a lot, and we should just really just honor his memory and such. But other than that, something I also want to talk about is: it, do, I, do I did I know Kobe Bryant personally? No. Did I ever meet Kobe Bryant? No. You know, but you could tell out of from what people are saying, the outpouring love and support that people have had for him, that he was just a family man. That he loved being a father and husband more than anything else in this whole world, and that's something truly, 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 truly amazing to see. He didn't let this fame and all this stuff get to him. He was just, he was a father and a husband, and he loved being a father and a husband. And he loved helping others in his community out. Um, but, you know, he also showed his love for his daughter, Gianna. Uh, something he always talks about. Is people say, like, oh, Kobe, will not you have a kid? Have a guy, have a boy, have a boy. You know, have somebody carrying your legacy. And he used to always say, you know, oh, I don't need to. Gianna will. Gianna, because he loved, and she was a phenomenal bas- basketball player. But it just shows a he you know I guess there's a hashtag going around you know, girl dad, right? And that's what he was, and he loved his family, and it's just he's a great person. He was he was great, and it, he was good. He was a good role model and stuff, and he loves like I said, helping out his community and inspiring the generations to come, for especially basketball, uh, whether that be you know the people, his kids that are at his camps, or uh the teamy coaches or just other players in the NBA like Giannis Antetokounmpo and this and Jimmy Butler and fellow players in the NBA and he always had an unbreakable bond with a lot of people and so also something I want to talk about though is how the NBA is honoring him you know shout out to the NBA and they're doing they're doing a fantastic job of it uh, one of the biggest issues arose was when they played the games on uh, the day of Kobe's passing you know, yes, I know it was a tough time for the players, and emotionally it was tough. So I understand if they wanted to cancel it for the players and the coaches. But if you think about it, you know, would Kobe would Kobe want anything to stop because he passed? No. Would Kobe want basketball to stop? Definitely not. This man loved basketball, obviously. And he would, he for Kobe, I think in his best memory to remember him is just keep going. Keep playing. Have a fun time. And I know we, it was tough for the players to participate and such, but in terms of what will kobe want kobe would want them to keep playing kobe wants them to keep playing having a good time and, and you know he loves all of them through them uh so i think it was fine if the players played uh, and that's what i was trying to get at though the games being played and i just want to you know give a shout out to all the players all the teams taking those 24 second violations and an eight second violation to honor him eight and 24. uh minnesota did a phenomenal thing when uh Andrew wiggins took the ball and put it at the free throw line because that's where kobe passed mj on the all-time scoring list. It, it was it was really cool to see. And also on top of that, uh, with uh, the Lakers, or before I talk about that, I think it's also really cool to see how the NBA the players are. And formerly retiring his number, Spencer Dinwiddie switching from 8 to 26. Tams Ross switching from 8 to 31. I forgot what his name was, but Sunday we were number Number eight, and he switched to eighty one to honor him, and somebody else switched to thirty two to, or no, eighty two to honor Kobe and Gianna, and I think it's crazy and it's awesome to see this out support, outpouring support and love for him, uh, and you and you can see how it's affecting people all over the world. You know, in the Philippines, they're painting basketball courts with Kobe on it and such. I think that's just really cool to see, how all this stuff happen. And so one thing I really want to talk about right now is shout out to the the Lakers for being, for being so. They did a amazing job of honoring him at their during their game. You know they wore they have a little patches on their jerseys. This is KB for Kobe Bryant. The court wasn't the Lakers logo. It was KB for Kobe Bryant. There was a twenty four, there was an eight on the court, which is awesome. And you know LeBron gave a phenomenal speech. Uh, was that really from the heart? Who knows? Maybe. But uh, it was a great speech nonetheless. And they did a great way of honoring honoring him. And see you again during halftime. That was amazing. I also think it was super cool that they did the uh. I guess you could say the video tribute through Kobe and his voice, and so it was just shout out to the Lakers for being very classy, obviously, and just doing a great job. And you know, we pray. We should all pray for those uh, who passed, and just those who are going through the tough times and mourning his loss, and the people, you know, mourning these nine people who passed, um, whether that be families and friends and such. So condolences go out to them. But uh, I, I just think you know, drop it up. I guess you could say. It was, yeah, you know, Kobe, Kobe's a great player on and off the court, and he was able to show, uh, you know, it's always great to help out others in need and always have that moment of mentality. Always don't listen to haters, cancel out the noise, and just do you. Shut up and work, I guess you could say, but just be you and do your part and, and work and grind. And the more you grind, the better you'll be and just succeed. You know, hard work, you know, it does pay off, and we should always remember that no matter what. Is there something I want to do before I segue into my next segment. Uh, I want to do a twenty-four second moments motive, uh, a twenty-four second moment of silence in honor of Kobe Bryant and those who all passed. So we will do it. And uh, three, two, one, now. Thank you, guys. Um, but, you know, I just want to, again, honor them. So rest in peace to them and prayers out for, for them and the people, their loved ones and such. But uh, now it's time to move on into something I was, I, I'm was really looking forward to talking about and something that I thought was really cool. So, like I mentioned, uh, this past weekend I went to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. And I just want to give a little, uh, I guess you could say, a little scattering report on all the players and how they all perform and such. So we're going to start off with the quarterbacks and then, you know, make – Move our way down from quarterback to running back wide receivers Offensive line and then defensive side of the ball and we'll talk about all those uh, positions So I want to talk about the quarterbacks real quick uh, to start things off So the first one I want to talk about is uh Shea Patterson my guy Shea. Oh My gosh, he looked Horrible. He looks so undraftable that he shouldn't be drafted, right? Uh, start the game went one for one 75 yard touchdown to Darius Anderson Shea Patterson did nothing. He missed, like, there was three guys downfield, the so there was the running back did a little, uh, I guess you could say, not slant, but he, he kind of faded to the left. He had another person running a post who was wide open. Somebody streaking down the sideline was also open, and he did a little double-out pass to Darius Anderson, who then took off and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and scored a touchdown. And I really thought he was gonna get tackled by this, um, this freaking speedster from Kansas, number five. He was wild. He was so fast, but he didn't. Uh which was cool. But you know, that was that was Shea Pass's first time. You know, first pass, great. Then after that he threw an interception, a bunch of incompletions, looked extremely inaccurate, wasn't able to move in the pocket at all, and he just looked undraftable and should not be on a team. Uh the next player I want to talk about is uh uh Steve Montes, quarterback, you know. Eh he was good he didn't do anything special i'm sure he'll get drafted but he didn't do anything to build a stock up i i know that's kind of a blah a blah scouting report but he didn't do anything too good or too bad like he was just kind of there you know a couple of good just decent passes slant routes i mean nothing special though uh but the guy i want to talk about right now you know jalen hurts you know that's the guy everybody wants to hear about jalen hurts jalen hey jalen hey jalen hey jalen hey the whole crowd the freaking whole stadium was in love with jalen hurts uh, but he looked horrible, so bad, like, worse than Shea Patterson did, and so I guess, you know, he's like, Jalen will be drafted, because people love who he is, great leader and such, but he looked terrible, had an interception, got sacked five times, did nothing good, like, I, I'm not trying to hate on the guy, you know, he's a great guy, he's classy, he seems like he, he cares for others and such, but he did terrible, you know, I don't know how you do that bad. Like I've never seen something worse. Like, he looked horrible. He wasn't able to move in the pocket. He wasn't able to escape out of it. Uh, yes, a little bit of his was it uh, fell on the offensive line, but he was just making bad decisions. He was just kind of throwing it, chucking it, and he scored a touchdown. But still, I, I, that touchdown wasn't even that good. I think the wide receiver. I think it was Gandy Golden who actually caught the touchdown pass from Liberty. And you know, it was, I think it was honestly like I'm not just saying this. I think that Gandy Golden made the made the, was the reason why it was a touchdown because he like dragged his feet. And he, he was able to make it a touchdown like it wasn't a great pass or anything But Jalen Hurts does not look good and he's just he's not looking good and this And, and, and it's the truth. I mean like he didn't I think he'll be drafted as a leader uh, Off of his college play or college tip as well He looked good. I guess you could say but he did not he, he had a horrible senior bowl and It didn't improve his stock one bit in my opinion. He was just unable to move like I said uh wasn't very accurate and he made some bad decisions. So, say what you want to say about Jalen and who he is as a leader and such, but he didn't do too well, in my, in my humble opinion. Uh, and then there's Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. So, I actually, I was fortunate to meet him and talk to him. He's not like a really cool guy, classy guy, um, but uh, he, had, he had a good performance at the Senior Bowl. He did. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing as good as who I'm about to talk about after Jordan, but. He had a good senior bowl. He he performed well. He made some good throws, some deep passes. Very accurate with the ball. Very good at decision making. You know, something you ask yourself coming out of a out of a, a out of a quarterback who went to a, a group of five school. He was very accurate. He made just good decisions. Uh, he had a couple of good deep ball passes. He he read the, the field really well. That's something that really stuck out to me was, you know, he didn't just look at the first uh, the first. The first option, he was able to look at second and third options, and he did extremely well. I think he really built up his stock again, and he's really, uh, you know, making it, for like, a making, or cementing. That's what I was thinking for. I was going to say firming, you know, <sighs> cementing, cementing. Ugh. Cementing. My fault, guys. I, I just can't talk, apparently. But he was really good at cementing his draft stock as a top 15, top 20 player, but uh, And, you know, maybe the Colts will get him. I think that was, you know, here's my theory. Tom Brady to the Colts, signs with the Colts, starting quarterback. They draft Jordan Love. Jordan Love will back up. They trade Jacoby Brissett for another first, and then they're really good, and they win the Super Bowl. And then Tom Brady retires, and then Jordan Love becomes the quarterback, and they go on a tear, and they lose to the Chiefs. But it's going to be, like, Peyton and Tom Brady of old, between Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes. No, not really, but I I do think Tom Brady's going to go there, and Jordan Love will go there. But he... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of information for you guys to take in right there but jordan love at the end of the day he did look very good uh, looked like the second best quarterback there behind justin Herbert who took home a senior bowl mvp shouldn't have taken it home because he went yeah he didn't. he wasn't even on the winning team but he looked great you know he the one thing you know we all know about it whether you, you if you watch the oregon games everybody watches oregon games so i'm not going to talk too much about his passing ability and such like he was great at reading the field obviously deep ball accurate uh just very good at it, but uh, the thing I want to talk about, you know, making, making uh, audibles and decisions at the line, something, to, to, to good things, right, we all know that, though, the one thing I do want to talk about is, holy boss. he was mobile in the pocket, this guy could move, you know, it looks like he was swing dancing out there, This guy like, I, multiple times, there's, I think there's three times, I believe, that the pocket completely collapsed on him, and he was able to move up and the pocket, go to the right, back up, and then cut back to the left, and then, make the decision and pass the ball he didn't force anything when something wasn't there he either ran the ball safely or he he uh threw it out of bounds right which you're supposed to do he didn't force anything and he really went through his progressions extremely well but he was able to move in the pocket he wasn't afraid of the pressure he didn't let it get to him. he let the ball and there were some really really talented pass rushers coming out like josh Uche and malik harrison and he was able to move in the pocket and really just get out of it and and not force anything which is very important to see. So Justin Herbert, had a phenomenal performance. Uh, moving on now to the uh, running backs. So again, you know, quarterbacks, there's only a couple of them there. I didn't, I, I didn't talk about all of them, but uh, right now moving to the running backs, wide receivers, and the rest of the position groups, there's like, a lot of players. So I'm, I'm going to talk about a couple in particular, whether that be a big-name player or just players that just stood out to me that I, I believe I should talk about. So the first one being Joshua Cully out of UCLA. This man looked amazing out there. He was tearing it up. Yeah no, uh, Joshua Kelly was insane. So this guy had he he he's from UCLA, right? So I did a little research on him. Two-star recruit coming out of high school, went to UC, uh, committed to UC Davis, then transferred to UCLA, and he was doing he did phenomenal, phenomenal the game. He had 15 rushes and taps for 105 yards, and I believe that he should have won the MVP because so he played for the North team, and they won the game, but he was the main main reason why. And the thing that stood out to me. As you can just see, if it's running, and so a lot of running backs and a lot of people in general, just they like to go east to west. You know, Uh, they want to go. You know, score a touchdown. They want to go, run across and then cut straight. Run across, cut straight, whatever. The thing that I, like I said, really stood out to me was his ability to just go uh, a a downfield runner. Just he just found the gap and went right down it, right down the middle, right down the gut. And being a smaller guy, you know, he looked really good doing it. So, that's what stood out to me. I think his stock went way up. Uh, and I, I, I really do because he showed that, you know, he's able to run between the blocks. And he may not be able to possess that top-end speed, but he's still a really quality running back. And he can move and he can get, find the gaps and do really well. The other running back I want to talk about is uh, LaMichael Pirine out of Florida. So, he did he did extremely well as as well, you know. Uh, he started off the game, but for the South... And he was able. to show that he was a good running back. He, he I think, he had like sixty-five yards rushing. Uh, he was able to cut, cut to the outside. Not like again, not going you know east to west, back and forth, back and forth. But he was able to find the find the gap outside, like on stretches and uh, quick pitches and halfback stretch, and then go down and just keep running straight. Uh, but he was also a really good uh, running back, like a receiver out of the backfield, I guess you could say. Uh, the one touchdown pass that. Um, Justin Herbert had was a 20-yard touchdown pass to LaMichael Pirine. But the thing about LaMichael Pirine, though, the thing that was really good about him, the play wasn't because of Justin Herbert. It wasn't like he ran a wheel route, was wide open. No, it was because he was able to, I think he shook off three, maybe four tackles, uh, but he was able to shake them off and bounce off of the tackles, absorb his hits instead of you know, it's something I always, I always talk about, you know, I know it's Madden, right? I know it's Madden, but it's tr- It's the truth, and you can see it in a lot of games, uh, you know, like real games, not just Madden. But the ability to fall forward as a running back, as a carrier, a ball carrier, it's a huge deal. Because if you just go down, right, yeah, maybe, whatever, you'll get a five-yard rush. If you fall forward with a ball, you know, just fall forward. Don't not reach out, but just fall forward. You're going to gain another... One and a half, two yards because of that, and that was something I saw, and it was really good. Like he was able to, he falls back, like falls forward. He does not fall backward. He's he does not just does fall down. He goes forward with the ball and gets that extra, that extra little push. You know that can really help. And th- th- those those things, those small things, are a big deal. Uh, Darius Anders, Anderson, Darius Anderson out TCU again had a had a good game, seventy five yard uh receiving touchdown and the backfield from um uh, from uh. Shay Patterson, but other than that, he didn't do anything spectacular, in my opinion. He was good, but eh, nothing great. So that that was my little recap for the running backs. There was there was quite a few running backs there, but those are the three that really stood out to me the most. Um, Someone that kind of like disappointed me, I guess you could say, was Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State. You know, he was a very good running back. He was just phenomenal this past season for Arizona State, but he didn't do anything great at the Senior Bowl. Uh, didn't have an impressive game either. Uh, So now transitioning over to wide receivers. Man, this wide receiver talent, this crop was crazy, crazy. You know, some of the senior bowl players that were there were, you know, Colin Johnson out of uh, Texas, who's just a a very amazing physical specimen, 6'6", wide receiver, that's crazy. Uh, James Prosh out of SMU, great player. Um, Should not, I'm blanking on them because I have to talk about them, you know. She's on wack. KJ Hill, great player. Austin Mac was there. G- good contributor for uh, Ohio State. You have people like Antonio gandy Golden out of Liberty, who a phenomenal player. Uh, I know it's Liberty, but still, great player. Um there's people there, uh like uh Darien Darien uh or Devin, sorry, Devin Duver- DuVernay out of Texas. Uh there's people Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Quantry Davis out of Texas A&M. Uh, and then, you know, there's some other stand-up players like Kalaje Lipscomb out of Vanderbilt. You know, now they're all coming to me. I, know it's, I don't even know what happened to me. And then some stand-up receivers like Chase Claypool, who was actually good like at the Senior Bowl. And we're going to mix in some tight ends in there that were also uh, had some good performances, including, you know, Jerry Pinckney out of Vanderbilt. Uh, Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. Harrison Bryan out of uh, Florida Florida Atlantic. These are all phenomenal players that were all there. And so, but, you know, although there's a lot, you know, including Michael Pittman Jr., I should throw him in there. He was injured, but I'll throw him in there. He was invited. Like I said, although there's a lot of good players and just amazing players, not all of them really performed uh, to their hype, uh, including uh, Stephen A. Uke out of Arizona State. Disappointment. He did nothing, in my opinion. He had one catch. Uh, during the game he wasn't very he didn't look extremely good in my opinion And I was surprised because I thought he was gonna be something a big deal So like I said, there's a lot of great players there a lot of great wide receivers a lot of great tight ends But I'm gonna talk about the ones in particular that really stood out to me So the first one is yes, Colin Johnson. Did he have a great game? No, but he's is he a, a, an amazing physical specimen Yes, 6'6", six, six, that guy's crazy talk to him great personality great guy but it was he was um, he's just he has all the tools to be a great wide or great wide receiver. <laughs> One of my uh, somebody somebody I know keeps telling me that he thinks Colin Johnson's gonna be a star in this league. I mean I I, I could see it. He's massive. He's huge. A uh, little skinny, but he's he's massive, and I think he could do something big. I, I just think he lacks that top and speed. But um, we'll see how that goes. But I think that that you know the the players in particular though that I want to talk about. You know, obviously, like I said, Colin Johnson, great player. Uh. Who had great performances, so there's three people that really stood out to me. And that would be KJ Hill, Chase Claypool, uh, and uh actually one of Colin Johnson's uh fellow wide receivers, Devin Duvernay. All right, so the first one top is KJ Hill. KJ Hill had a great senior bowl. Uh obviously he was one of the best players uh during the week. But you know, you saw some of those crazy videos like a one-handed catch that he made, uh Burning Lamar Jackson the corner out of Nebraska uh, with some three sixty move, but during the game, you know, you were able to see that. He, although he didn't catch the ball because they didn't pass it to him, this guy burnt some like this corner at least twice. Uh, I forgot, I forgot his name, but he burnt him twice, and it was a, a, an amazing thing to see that he was just able to run right past him. And then he, he caught a post route um, on a slant. And he made a couple plays. Engage a lot of great performers, but overall that whole week, you know, he was able, he was able to really show that. He, he he is almost like this year's K, uh, Terry, Terry McLaren. Um uh, maybe not going to be a first round pick or a second round pick, but he has the skills to be a phenomenal breakout wide receiver, because he he his hands he's amazing at catching the ball. His his hands are like freaking there's like glue on them. He's he's phenomenal when the ball is thrown to him he catches it, and that's something that really stood out to me. And he he has the skill moves to get past receiver or past defenders. Next player, Chase Claypool at Notre Dame. Uh, amazing he had an amazing time out there. You know, didn't hear much about him, but he had a great practice and during the game he was great. He was able to uh run his routes perfection almost. He can make his cuts really well. He did a couple comeback routes and they did they were extremely, extremely good. Um and he, he had the skills, but it's just I think best ability that shows his route running ability. And the last player I want to talk about is Devin Duvernay, like I mentioned, other Texas wide receiver. He did pretty good. Like I did not know much about this person going in. I, I'm a be I did not know much about him entering the, uh, into the the senior bowl. Uh, I I just didn't hear much about who he was and about him. But Devin Duvernay was phenomenal. Um, he was very good at just uh. He, he was good at coming back to the quarterback. You know when the quarterbacks in trouble I saw this multiple times he came back and, and then he had the ball He was able to make plays he at one point He had like three catches in a row and it really surprised me because I just didn't hear much about him didn't hear too much hype about Devin Duvernay, but um, He was able to really just showcase his skills and show show out during the game and He, he was he was a great route runner and was able to really just come back on routes and, and really help out his his stock. And I think that he went up because of this game. You know, Like I mentioned, I didn't hear much about him going into it, but he did extremely well. And I, I think, the, the, like I said, the one thing that I want to talk about is the big factor, the reason why I think he was able to prove so much and really stand out, in my opinion, is because of his ability of able to freeing up the quarterback and making making something out of nothing. And that's a big thing as a wide receiver. You can't always just run your route and assume that you're going to get the ball thrown your way and you're just are the quarterback's not going to be pressed or something crazy is going to happen. You'll be fine. No, that's not the case. That's not not that's not always going to happen. And he was able to really make something out of nothing multiple times. And so that's something that just really stood out to me and he was able to really showcase his, his skills during that And so, uh, transitioning, you know, from the wide receivers, like I said, to a couple tight ends that stood out to me. First one being Jarrett Pinkery uh, out of Vanderbilt. So, entering the season, and Vanderbilt in general had three players that were all supposed to be huge impacts. They're all seniors. You know, you had Jarrett Pinkery, the tight end, Elijah Lipscomb, the wide receiver out of Vanderbilt, and then the running back, uh, Keyshawn Keyshawn Vaughn. And the one that really just, you know, was supposed to do really well was obviously Jarrett Pinkery. And... He didn't do—the the Vanderbilt just sucked in general this year, and they all just were just kind of down. Uh, Jared Pinknery lost his stock. I think some people went in front of him, including Bryson Hopkins, Hopkins out of Purdue. was able to move in front of him a, a, along this list of players. But uh, Jared Pinknery was really good. And as a tight end, you know, you're know supposed, supposed to block and catch. And he was a great blocker, but the thing that really stood out to me was he was able to find the soft, soft spots in the zones— so, they ran, uh, so he played for the, the. Uh, he played for the South, yeah, he played for the South team, and they played against the North, and the North, the North had, I think, the best defenders in general, uh, at least for the, the front seven, and that's who they're really going to be going against as a tight end, uh, but he was able to come off his blocks and really find the soft spots, you know, and he was able to know where to go behind people like linebackers, like Zach Bond, one of the better players. Uh, he's gonna he's from Wisconsin gonna be a top 40 pick and he was and Jerry Pinker was able to find the soft spot And the defenses and just get open and <clears throat> be there for the simple dump pass and was just able to find them And that that's what really stood out to me And I think that sh- showcased a lot and then the other tight end there's two other tight ends on about So one of them being Harrison Bryant He played on the south and him and Justin Herbert were having a love affair or something, bro But I swear my guy was getting he was really good. He was able to um Get open, extremely well. He was he didn't he didn't have any talented skills. So the thing I just uh, again that just really stood out to me was he was he was able to run his routes and just he was able to hold on the ball and catch the ball. Um, and I know this seems like simple things, but from a tight end you don't always click that. And he was really able to show that and showcase his skill. But the one tight end that really stood out to me, big big time right here, was Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. Now Bryson Hopkins had a great year. Um, had fourteen hundred like or. Er, Excuse me, not 1,200 1, receiving yards this year out of Purdue as tight end. And he was able to do phenomenal. Uh didn't hear much about him because you know Purdue had a really down year. Uh, you know, you heard people like Rondale more more than Bryson Hopkins. But Bryson but Bryson Hopkins was able to do very good. Um, the thing and the thing with him was he's always, he's able he's known as the, the receiver, I guess you could say. The receiving tight end, the Travis Kelsey rather than George Kittle type of guy. And he was able to get open. He ran his routes, and he looked explosive off the line. He was fast, and he was able to, he was able to run post routes and, and streaks extremely well and comebacks, and he could run with the ball. And he was just able to show off his skills as a receiver, which was uh, just something really cool to see. And so now moving over to the offensive line, and so, offensive line, nothing really, cra- no, no crazy prospects. The one, the one big one was Prince Tega uh, Wangahu at Auburn, who was unfortunately injured, so I couldn't see him. And Josh Jones was another guy to look out for from Houston, but he's also hurt. Um, but some play, so I'm gonna talk about a couple offensive linemen. Uh, I'm gonna talk about three uh, right now in particular, and them being Calvin Thorkmorton or Thork Morton out of Oregon, Alex Taylor out of South Carolina State. And, uh, Charlie Heck out of North Carolina. Those are the three guys I really want to talk about. The first one I'm going to talk about is Calvin Thurkmorton. Um, office lineman out of Oregon, you know, phenomenal. Great job. His office, a lot offensive fellow of linemen's r- not not nothing crazy, nothing crazy at all. But Calvin was able to really protect, uh, the quarterback. And he was, he, they switched him along, along the lines of office to tackle and an offensive guard. Mate, mate was able to handle both those cases extremely well. Um, and he was great. He, he was able to protect the quarterback uh, for the south. And, again, the north had the better defenders. And they threw a lot of different things at him. Speed rushes, just straight up rush, got in front of him, got coming at him, multiple guys coming at him. And he was able to adjust very well. And that was, that's, that was a huge impact. He was able to adjust that line. It looked like the veteran guy out of there of everybody there. And he was just... Great at recognizing blitzes and different coverages um, and recognizing and picking up his blocks. So it was a huge thing for him there. He had a great time. He, he did amazing for Oregon, but he was able to really showcase his ability. Uh, something I want to talk about, though, who I was really hyped looking into, uh, he was a prospect entering this really raw talent, in my opinion, was Alex Taylor, offensive tackle out of South Carolina State. He is massive. He's 6'9, like 320. Huge guy. And I was like, damn, he's going to be freaking crazy, you know. He's going to be massive. He's going to be good. And the case was, no, he was burnt off the line extremely easily. He's not able to shuffle his feet. He's a young prospect, like I said. So he didn't start playing football until his senior year of high school. So I, I know he's going to still be a third-round pick, you know. He, raw talent is a huge deal. And I think that he's going to be selected because you can't, you can't teach height. But the thing is, he was, just, he was not very fast on his feet. He was able to keep up with his players and the blitzers, I should say, and he was allowing up a lot of sacks, and that's why, part of the reason why uh, Jalen Hurts got sacked so much is because Alex Taylor was not was not helping out. He was off his a tackle, obviously, and so this guy just kept up allowing a lot of power. Pa- if you were fast, you could get past him. If you had a one-skill move, you could get past him, and he did not look good at all, in my opinion, especially during the game. And so the uh, the last office alignment I will be talking about is Charlie Heck out of North Carolina. So Charlie, what the heck are you thinking, my guy? He was good. He was actually actually pretty good. Uh, again, I would not hear much about him. There's other guys coming in that were developing more noise, like Alex Taylor, like Calvin Thorkmore, more um, and Josh Jones, like some other office alignments I've mentioned. Uh, but the thing about Charlie Heck was he was really good offensive guard in North Carolina. Uh, he was able to pick off a lot, pick up a lot of. Uh, he was like. Calvin Thorpe Morton, but not you weren't expecting it. He was able to pick up a lot of um, defenders and realize where they're going. They threw again a bunch of different sets at him, and I think he got burnt once on a skill move, like it was a little spin. But other than that, he was extremely good, and he was able to learn from it. Never happened again in that game. And Charlie had a phenomenal f- performance, and you gotta think like, you know, he kind of went on the radar under the radar because I just think that he wasn't like a physical specimen. And North Carolina wasn't a huge contender, but he—he he, I looked up. He was—he was a great player for North Carolina, protecting Sam Howell, playing against some of the best defenders in the country in the SEC, like from Clemson. But he had a great performance at the at the Senior Bowl, and I think that's something that was good. And something you want to also look forward to is you don't like look. The Senior Bowl is not going to make or break your draft stock, but it's just really important for players like Charlie Heck, who you know may not have got all the attention. Like I may not have—I didn't pay much attention to him before this. I didn't hear much about him. But after watching him, I looked up some stuff, and he looked he looked great. He's a great player. And so he's able to develop out the noise and make some noise. And, you know, he can move up his way up. They're lacking offensive guards, offensive linemen in this draft. And he's going to be able to make a name for himself, and he did. and So he might potentially become a uh, mid-round pick because of this performance. He did extremely well. So shout out to him. So now we're done talking about the offense. It's time to transition over to the defense and talk about some uh, some key players there. Including, uh, you know, obviously defensive linemen, secondary, and linebackers. So uh, we're going to start off with the defensive line. And we're going to talk about, you know, defensive tackles, defensive ends, and those players, some edge rushers. Um, so starting off with the, some uh, some defensive tackles right now. <coughs> there was, so unfortunately, Javon Kinlaw was able to perform because he was injured. But, you know, there's a lot of big names uh, there, including Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State. Malik Harrison also out of Ohio State. Uh, there were p- uh, people like uh Joshua Uche, defensive end off out of Michigan, Alton Robinson, def- defensive end out of Syracuse, and then players like DJ Womwom out of a uh, South Carolina South Carolina, <clears throat> and I keep I keep I keep blanking on this guy's name. I am I am blanking on a lot of people's names for some reason. I am poof. I don't know what's going on with me. Um. Oh yeah. There he is, Bradley and Nye. Nye, my fault. Jeez, I can't even say his name correct. Bradley and Nye, defensive end out of Utah. So the, those were some important players that really stood out to me and really helped show showcase their skills at the senior bowl. So Malik Harrison is the first one I'm going to talk about. And so he's defensive end out of Ohio State. <laughs> Had an interception off of, um, off of Jalen Hurts, although it wasn't the prettiest. It was more like a jump ball. He won it still nonetheless an interception but he was able to disrupt at the line get a sack in there get an interception he had some good skilled moves uh there's this one where uh, you know he was able to do a a little 360 spin move off the off the block and get to the the, and really pressure Jalen hurts and made him throw the ball away and he did really well and he was showcased and he was he was good. He had a drop back coverage even once, so that was really cool to see. That was really cool to see. Um, excuse me, right there. Uh, sorry about that. But he was really good. Uh, the next player that I was going to talk about was Devon Hamilton. So Devon Hamilton, I was I'm gonna be real, not one of the biggest names entering this, but one of the biggest names leaving it. Devon Hamilton was very very good at what he was doing. He won def- he won the uh, defensive player of the week for his for the North. And Devon Hamilton was really able to put his name on the map. You know, he was a, he was always going to be a good player, mid round pick. But the thing about him was he was teetering, and I think his I think his stock uh, really rose a lot from the Senior Bowl. I think he went up to being a top forty pick. Um, and th- the reason being is because, uh, it's that because uh, Devon Hamilton is because he showcased that he was a run stopper, that he can be a run stopper. So, when Ohio State, when they played, they're blowing opponents up by like 30 points, you know, something slight like that. And the thing is, you know, everyone was like saying, oh, well, it was the stats inflated or not. we was just a run stop because we are blown out players, blown out teams. They didn't have to really show that as much, but he, he really did. You know, he was able to show that when you try to run the ball in the interior on him, he was able to get off the block super fast and stop the run and, and uh, infiltrate that and really stop. And the you know pass the pass rush you know that's something you can work on. But he showed that he was able to really work on everything that he was taught, and he was really just showed that he was going to be a great run stopper. Uh, the next player I mentioned was going to be uh, Josh Uche out of Michigan defensive lane. He did great. He had two blocks uh, during the Senior Bowl, and he was able to show that he was a great speed rusher. And so that's who he really was coming into this. But he was able to really just improve and show that some off against some of the top offensive line towns That he can in fact get off the block fast and be a quality and great speed rusher uh, The next player i'm going to be talking about is alton robinson So alton robinson coming out of syracuse in 2017 had like 10 and a half sacks great year 20 or no i can't back 2018 10 and a half sacks great year 2019 Not so much had like five sacks really didn't have a great you know year after that And i was a little disappointing but he was able to show that he he is, in fact, the Alton Robinson of old. There's um, this one play that really stood out to me. So he was double-teamed. He came off a of delayed blitz, and he was double-teamed by the offensive tackle, offensive guard, and he was able to swing move out of the offensive guard and then get past the offensive tackle and and got the sack. And it was crazy to see because he did it all in one motion off a of delayed blitz. It was double-teamed. And it was, it was just, and it showed, like, I, it made me think about back in the day, two years ago, when I thought he was going to be a top player, top in talent. And I think that just showing that he's able to get off the block, get off those blocks quite easily, it shows that he is going to be really good at the next level. Because he's always, he's always had the character, he's always had the talent, but it was just, he was never able to pull together, and I really think he's able to do this at the Senior Bowl. And now moving on to the last player is Bradley Nay or Nye, excuse me, out of uh, Utah, and he had ten half at sacks for Utah this past year. Great player, great year, and he was just able to show that again. Going back to this, Bradley Nye can get off the block as a speed rusher, That's a huge deal, speed rusher when he he with the skill moves. He had good skill moves, and he was a quality speed rusher off the itch. Now moving on to uh, the linebackers. So there was a few linebackers that really stood out to me. You know, There was a couple that disappointed. I didn't see much great things out of uh, Zach Bond from, um, from uh, what should I which I say? Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, right? He really disappointed me. He didn't do anything special. He got beat a lot in coverage. You know, like I told you, he dropped back in zone, and he got he let up a lot of catches by Bryson Hopkins and people just find, find a soft spot in the defense and really just, and he struggled and it was on that really stood out to me because he, he was one of the people I really want to keep an eye out for. He didn't do too well. Um, Terrell or Anfrey Jennings, I should say, at Alabama had a great performance. Anfrey Jennings, he did great. He was able to blitz, uh, he, he blitzed, I want to say three times, Sacked the quarterback once, uh, And then really made it. And then the other, another one, they, they, the other somebody else got to the quarterback. And then their quarterback had like a five yard pass, but he was able to show that he was a great, a great blitzer. But he was good at dropping back in coverage. He stayed with the tight ends. At one point, he was a man-to-man coverage against a tight end, and this he ran a post route, and he was able to defend him and didn't give up a catch because of it. And it really stood out to me, just being able to see how he's able to, to really move. and get off, you know, whether that's blitzing or dropping back in coverage. The Another player that stood out to me a lo- who was a linebacker was, in fact, Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. You know, out of the West Conference, out of Division Three. you know, what are you expecting? Nothing crazy, right? But Logan Wilson was really good at it. Just, again, this. I don't think he was that great of a, a pass rusher, or just a rusher in general but he was great at dropping back in zone coverage, man-to-man man coverage. He could really, he was really good at stopping the pass, and that's something you really need to see out of your linebackers because not all the time they're going to be blitzing. Most of the time they're going to be dropping back in coverage. How many times are you going to send all seven of your guys at the quarterback? Not very often. Most of the time they're going to drop back, and that was what Logan Wilson was able to do. Um, and so those are some players that really stood out to me along the linebackers. And now moving on last, and of course... Not least, we got got to talk about these people. You know, they have rights too. Uh, But we got to talk about the the secondary. All right? And the secondary was amazing. A lot of big names. Kendall Vildor out of Georgia Southern. Big small school guy. Kyle Duggar. Our guy, right? Come on. Shout out to our guy, Kyle Duggar. Uh, Lamar Jackson, corner of Nebraska. Uh, A.J. Green, cornerback of Oklahoma State. You know, big name players. Making big time plays, right? You know, you have a... Javarius Davis out of Auburn, East St. Basie out of Wake Forest, Terrell Burgess out of Utah, big name guys, big name players, Jordan Elliott safety out of Notre Dame, uh, you know you had a, uh, Chen, you had a, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Sheesh, uh, uh, come on, come on, I, I know his name, I know his name, trust me guys, I will, I know his name, uh, freaking, Jeremy Chen, there we go. out of South Southern Illinois, and Antoine Brooks Jr. Big guys, big name players out of big name schools, except for Jeremy Chen out of Southern Illinois. But it was a huge thing for these players, you know. Jeez, there's so many of them. Kalike Hudson, uh, out of Michigan. Josh Matelis out of Mit- Mit- uh, out of Michigan. You know, a lot of big guys, but a, lot of bi- a lot of big names. And so I'm gonna talk about a few in general that really just stood out. First one being Kendall Dwyer George Southern. Great performance out of a small school. Um he had an interception during the game off of Jalen Hurts. He was he dropped back on coverage. Uh, he let his his man was kinda of floating around. He ran he ran the post route with him. And then there's another person who ran like a like a crossing route and he didn't get messed up off that and that that can be a big deal. When there's two when there's two wide receivers going right at each other knowing that they're going to run at each other, most of the times but this happens usually on slants, but it happens in, in you know uh mid mid routes too. But they cross, and then the corners hit each other. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's dangerous for these corners. Not like they're going to get hurt, but like they're going to lose their guy. Kendall Valdore was able to stay with it, and Jalen Hurts was planning on it, and Kendall Valdore did not run to their guy, run into the corner. He was able to pick off and run for 40 yards, and it was phenomenal See, And he was able to show, represent that just because you're a small school does not mean you're a bad player. And he was able to drop back and really showcase his skills. Kyle Duggar, man... Great, he was a great player, great great guy. Wishing the best of luck to him, but he did struggle. I want to say in this game, um, when he saw the field, he was good. He, he got a sack, I believe, or a tackle for a loss. and He was all right, you know, he was middle, middle of the tackles, but he didn't do anything spectacular. He didn't show his cases passing, uh, pass block skills. He he was a punt returner, and he didn't do too well as a punt returner. Returned about three times, nothing crazy, you know. And I understand it's just a senior bowl, you know. Uh, it happens, right? But this was a huge case for him because he, him being from a small school from Lenore Ryan, you know, he didn't play top in talent. So the Senior Bowl was a huge thing because he was playing on these big, these Power Five teams, and he didn't he didn't show out like like I know I can like like I know he can. You know, he didn't show out. He didn't do amazing Uh like like we expected. And it was it was sad to see. It was horrible to see. But you know, I know he'll do well. But it just wasn't what I was expecting to see from him. Um, another, some other players that you know, like I said, I want to talk about a few. Uh, that being uh, from corner right now, another big name player that did extremely well uh, was a uh, was a uh, Lamar Jackson at Nebraska. Although that he was uh, kind of ruined by KJ Hill, like I said in practice, Lamar was able to stay with this guy. You know. He was able to whether he was able to read the routes extremely well, and he was able to just keep pace with them. And you know that's something wide receivers are good at burning the burning the corner, or losing them. Lamar Jackson was really this played some sound defense. You know he he didn't have anything like stand out so good like you're just like holy crap Lamar wow, Lamar's runs a four or two or holy shoot he knows where the guy's running before the guy even makes a cut. Nothing crazy like that. But Lamar was really a sound defender and can really help any team that uh, that that needs it. He was super. He was super talented at running and reading routes extremely well. Um, now moving on, you know, to some safeties. Like I said, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of good safeties, but uh, the ones I want to talk about really in particular are uh, Josh, M- uh, Metil- M- Middleus. My gosh, I am having a struggle reading his freaking last name. I don't know why. It's not that hard, Josh. Middles Matillas Josh Matillas what was, it, it was Josh Matillas and Jalen Elliott. All right, so Josh Matillas out of Michigan um, Great corner. He was able to get to where the ball was when the ball was going He wasn't he wasn't he he didn't bite on the pump fakes at all. He didn't bite on the play action at all He was able to read the eyes of the quarterback and track the ball extremely well It's not like he had a pick or anything. It's not like he had like 20 pass deflects deflections but he was very good at bringing the ball and knowing where the ball is going to go and how to get there and taking the right angles. And that's a huge thing to see out of a safety that you need. You need somebody that can read the route, read the read the ball extremely well. And that's what he did. And then the other one I want to talk about, the other player I want to talk about, like I said, was Jalen Elliott. Safety out of Notre Dame. My gosh, he had a great week. Really improved his stock. I, I looked at it, so I try I like to do is I look at big boards before and then after his after the senior bowl. And I guarantee you, Jane Elliott was maybe one ninety eight on a big board, right? Nothing special. My man went up to like, like one twenty seven. He went up 60, 60 something spots because of this great performance Jane Elliott had. Great week in practice, um, but he, yeah, he was he was great. He was gr- he was a, a phenomenal hitter. He could really just lo- you know put the boom on somebody. He was great at that, and he was he was great at um. Something he was all right, I guess you could say, at reading the quarterback's eyes. But he was able to get to his spots. Like he wasn't amazing, but when he was zooming, he was getting there. He was he was able to make. He was so good at running the right angles, and he had multiple pass passing deflections. And it, it was it was a crazy and this exciting thing to see. And he, that's why his stock went up so much, and he had a great performance. Um. So overall, oh yeah, and also got to mention my guy uh, Rodrigo Blankership had a couple. You know, he made a field goal. He missed a field goal. So uh, just in case you're wondering about how uh, Respect the Specs was going, he did all right. But, uh, you know, he's still going to be drafted fairly high. Great player. Uh, but, you know, if we're going to talk about place cookers, the one person I do have to talk about, though, is a punter. Uh, it is uh, Joseph Charlton out of South Carolina. He had some quality punts. He was able to pin them back uh, within their the other team's 5-yard line once and then within 10-yard line another time. So I guess within 10-yard line two times which is a great thing to see as you want to see that a punter be able to have that placement and he was really good at it and he also hit a woman who was in a dress he had nailed her during his practice because so i guess before the game they had this little like comment, i don't know what it was there's a lot of women dressed up at and they just kind of walked around the field and this guy did a practice punt and the ball went up and it came down and it nailed this woman right in the shoulder and just hit her and it was the funniest thing i've seen and it was a great thing so he Shows that accuracy, but you know, he had a great performance. Yeah, you know, so shout out to him. I guess he's improving his stock over here uh, So that's a little bit of my senior bowl recap uh, Senior Bowl uh, Scattering report for you guys, you know, hopefully we'll have some more of these players on for interviews uh, So it, w- it was really cool to see though, and it was definitely something worth watching that's Definitely something you, should, you guys should go check out if you ever have the chance You know it's gonna be a mobile every year mobile, Alabama You get to meet players get autographs talk to them And see a pretty great game, and do his good scouting report, just like me, I guess you could say. But no, it was a great experience. It's something uh, I really, I, I definitely had a blast doing. Um, So definitely go check that out if whenever you have the chance to. So uh, now that I mentioned, so as I mentioned, you know, we're gonna do, we got three more things on uh, coming up for you guys right now. So Derek Jeter, I just want to talk about his career. Shout! I just want to give a little shout. out. I guess you could say nothing crazy. I just want to do a shout out to Derek Jeter. Congratulations, my guy. Uh, being voted into the Hall of Fame should have been unanim- uh, unanimous. Uh, so whoever didn't vote him, that, so it was 397 people, 396 voted him, One person didn't. Whoever didn't, dude, did, like, what are you doing? Like, rethink everything you just did. This guy, just because Mario Rivera and the Yankees are a great franchise, j- does not mean you can just screw nice him, right? Mario Rivera was the only other, was the only unanimous player to ever make the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter has been the second. So whoever did it is dumb. So dumb. So stupid. So I just want to say, shout out to Derry Teeter for doing that. Uh, Eli Manning, shout out to him for retiring. You know, future Hall of Fame. I think so. I'm not just saying that. One, two Super Bowls, crazy, crazy good thing. Uh, people are saying, oh, he's a five hundred record. If you include playoffs, he has over a five hundred record. So get your facts checked. Uh, but shout out to him for having a great career for the Giants. So it's a, it's a it's a weird thing to see. This is like my first real transitioning. I'm seeing it for sports. Like I know it's kind of odd to say, but I'm a huge Yankee. Er, new york type of fan i'm a new york fan everything except for uh basketball i'm a heat fan for that uh, i guess you could say college but for for baseball hockey and football i'm a new york fan and it's this is the first time i've really seen a whole transition like i know Derek Jeter retired, but it's like i never really acknowledged it until like after he got voted to the hall of fame like sheesh the yankees i grew up watching they're completely different now the giants the last player that like the uh, those giants i really grew up watching with like you know justin Tuck and O.C. see and Marty Manning and the Howie Catch Eli Manning, you know, like the last of them. He just kind of he just walked out. He retired. Eli Manning is gone, and it's crazy just to see how like, you know, this is like my first first time in my life seeing like a transition of a team and of a sport that I really grew up, or I guess I could say a team, uh, just really transitioning into a new team, like a new regime, and it's just really odd and just wild to see. So that was something cool, um, but of course, the was was Super Bowl matchup save the best for last, right? But uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl matchup. So it's the Chiefs and the 49ers going at it head-to-head. Uh, the Chiefs are favor favorite to win the game. A lot of people are saying the Chiefs are going to blow out the 49ers, which is really interesting to see. So I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, like 27 points or 35 points or something. I think the Chiefs are going to win between 10 and 17. So if you're betting, take that bet between 17 and 10. Yeah, I guess it's what? 11 and 17. Uh, I'm leaning towards a 10, but if, you know, I don't know. I think it's between a 10 to 17 point a game. Chiefs are gonna win it, just because I know they say defense wins championships. I, I cannot, I cannot go against Patrick Mahomes because I've never seen an offense like this, and this is just so many players that are, can do an impact for the Chiefs that you can't just. Channel out one, two, or three players and say, Well, the Chiefs' offense is completely whack now. No, you have to stop everybody. You have to stop Demarcus Robinson. You have to stop Travis Kelsey, Sam Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, um, McCole Harmon, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy. You know, you stop a lot of players along that team, Patrick Mahomes. And I just don't think it's possible. I think the 49ers can, and they might be able to get to the pocket. But I think Lamar Jackson is one of the best players, most composed player in the pocket out of recent memory. And he's very mobile in the pocket. You know, not Lamar Jackson, but not Tom Brady either. Very mobile. So I think the Chiefs are going to end up coming up on top because of those factors. goes back to their homes and their offense. Uh, we got the 49ers to look at, right? 49ers, great defense, great defensive line. Great defensive players. Great defense. But they don't have anything on the offense. Like, their running backs, I get it. They're crazy. Their committee, crazy. Matt Prieta, crazy. Tevin Coleman, crazy. Raheem Mostert. You know what I'm going to say? No, you don't. Insane. There you go. Wild. Really good. You know, these are good players that they have, talented players. Um, But they don't have that quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, I know I know. Jimmy Garoppolo, everyone's, like, doubting him. Like, look, I know Jimmy Garoppolo, like, has 3,800 rushing or 3,800 passing yards, nearly 400 pa- 4,000 passing yards this year. I know, he had, you know, a couple 300-yard games with four touchdowns. But it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy Garoppolo, I just don't see it. And I think the Chiefs are going to stop this rush with Chris Jones and Frank Clark in the, on the defensive line. Tyron Matthew um, is going to be able to drop down from coverage and really just stop this rush. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is able to win the—I the, don't think he'll be able to lead their team to win the game by his arm. Because it's Jimmy Garoppolo with who? Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. You know, Debo Samuel still a young guy. Emmanuel still is still older. George Kittle, great, you know, but I don't think they're going to be able to do much. I just, I think the 49ers aren't going to be able to, like, here's the thing. The questions you got to ask yourself are these two things, right? So, Chiefs have the best offense, and the 49ers have the best defense. Chiefs have a good good defense, 49ers have a good offense, right? So, let's just say that they, two cancel out between, so what's more likely to happen? The Chiefs' high-powered offense to score on the 49ers' high-powered defense, or the 49ers, meh, offense to score on the meh defense of the Chiefs. And I think it's more likely for the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to score than the meh 49ers. Now, the one issue I have to say, though, is this. It's always better to have a great rushing attack rather than a passing attack because you can stop passes. You can stop them with a good secondary. But eventually, if you have a rushing attack, you're going to just wear down that defensive line. Uh, you can't just wear down a secondary. So that's the one thing that the Chiefs have going against them, but I am confident that the the Chiefs, on their defensive line, will be able to stop the running attack. But if that's something to keep out for. With all these running backs, like I said, as much as I make fun of it, these running backs by committee, one after another, one healthy, healthy, healthy. You know, uh, just fast legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I think that they might be able to wear down this Chiefs, this Chiefs defensive line, which could be interesting. Could open up a lot of passing and passing areas. Uh, offensive line may not have to block as hard against the defensive line It gives more time for these receivers to get open So that's something to keep an eye out for But I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and his arm uh, Then again, you know as He's yet to receive his Madden curse So who knows how that's going to work out Maybe this is it But I really think the Chiefs are just going to win it Because Patrick Mahomes, I believe that his arm And his talent and the top end speed Of the Chiefs uh, With the receivers are going to be able to beat The 49ers And I would, uh, look Great head coaches both ways, but I'd I, I rather put my money on Andy Reid if there was if there was a reason. Who's going to win the game? Andy Reid and his offensive line, or I guess you could say, I know Kyle Shannon, but Robert Stahl in particular in defensive, I think Andy Reid's going to win it. And so it's a great, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game, but I got the Chiefs coming out and winning this game by a score of 31-17, uh, Kansas City. So that's our up for show for today, guys. Thank you for listening, and as always, we're going to give up the game ball uh, and... You know, I gotta give it out to I got it. You to these nine people. Uh, re- you know, rest in peace to these people: Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, seven others who lost their lives in this ho- in the horrible accident, horrible helicopter accident that occurred on January twenty sixth of twenty twenty this past Sunday. So, rest in peace to them. And you know, I-, I give up the game ball for just their their lives and their legacies. And you know, especially whether it be Kobe and Gianna or these seven others. I'm sure they all have a huge and positive impact on the community and what they were able to do, especially Kobe and Gianna. Though, whether it's on or off the court, so rest in peace to them, and I give up my thoughts and prayers are again with them. But my thoughts and prayers are with their family and friends who are, who are mourning or in the grieving process of this horrible, horrible event that occurred. So rest in peace to them. But give giving out the game ball to honor them and their lives, their legacy, and what how they're going to live on in others. Uh, But as always, thank you guys for listening to episode 10 of the Game Ball Podcast with your host, and I look forward to having you guys coming in and listening to my next episode next time. See ya, and thank you.